Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 92. We're going to talk about understanding spacing, choosing uh, the right tools to use in the situation that you're in when you're on the field playing defense. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors, Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. Let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you're in a position where you can help support us financially, we would love for you to come on board as a patron. It's either $5, 10 or $20 a month. We've got a great family of people that are helping us and supporting us. We would love to add you to that group. We uh, certainly need the support, and it helps us to keep the uh, podcast moving forward. And so if you're in a position to become a patron, please uh, look at the patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch site and take it from there. So, Don, spacing on defense. How many times have you watched the play unfolding? The shortstop clearly could just step on second base and turn that double play or she's not quite far enough away and she throws a laser beam that the second baseman can't handle, or we're too far away and we try flipping the ball and the flip never quite gets there, and, and on and on and on it goes. So, Tori, that's frustrating to watch, isn't it? Again, it looked like an exciting moment where something great was going to happen in our favor, and then all of a sudden, because maybe we hadn't covered it enough, created awareness for the kids to to be able to decide exactly uh, where they're at and what's needed at that moment ends up being a real frustrating thing, right? Right. When I think, as is true of a lot of the things we talk about, some of it still comes back to practice time and prioritizing the time in practice to work on different things. But one of the skills that I think is really missing for most players is understanding that uh, there's the right tool for every job and there's the right time to use each tool that's in the toolbox. And because we don't spend enough time practicing because we expect players to understand this stuff and be able to do that stuff kind of on the fly, that they should, as you said, should just get it or should just be able to do it, that we end up with a lot of frustration and a lot of confusion, I guess, for players. And so one of the things that uh, we've done for a long time is, you know, in our basic throwing program, is we try to incorporate all the different types of throws that you might use. So forehand flip, the backhand flip, the, you know, the half pass. throw, the, you know, the step through, all the different types of throws. You know, and, and again, as the players get more advanced and become more skilled, you can add more and more fun stuff to the package of stuff that they're capable of doing. The reason that it's so important that we do a better job of it is that players have to have confidence and be able to look at a situation and know, okay, right now I'm three feet away from second base. It's faster for me to step on second base and throw the ball myself. Sure. Okay, now I'm five feet away from second base, and the flip will be faster than me running, but I've got to use the right flip. Now I'm 20 feet from second base, and now the stepping on the base and, and the flip, neither one of those apply, but the half throw is good because I can make a firm throw that's easy to handle, but I'm not going to kill anybody. Right. You know, and, and on and on that, that progression goes. 
And I think uh, that the missing piece of this puzzle is spending the time and, and energy to get the kids comfortable so that all these different things seem like opportunities for them instead of challenges or threats. No, and again, it goes back to that practice time, Tori, and allocating a little bit of time all the time is a, a good way to make it familiar and, and maybe instinctive for them, right? Right. And so for us as coaches, we've got to make sure that we spend the time that we need to incorporating these things. And the reason I mentioned our pre-practice throwing plan, our everyday throwing program, is that once the kids learn the system of how to do it, they can practice all these throws and be really warm and ready to do whatever we need to do in practice in less than 25 minutes. Right. And that's you know including the getting the arm warmed and doing some fielding and doing some drop steps and doing some other stuff besides just knowing that I've done my forehand flips, my backhand flips, I've done my half throws, I've done my shuffles, I've done my shuttle tosses, I've done all those different things. And to me, you know, no matter how much time you have, if you can be efficient enough to do all that stuff at every practice you have in 25 or 30 minutes, that's the best investment in time we can possibly ever have. If I had a nickel for every time I've been at a ballpark and heard coaches screaming stuff like, you know, take it yourself. You should know that. You know, uh, you know, it, it's so obvious. Why didn't you take it yourself? Or, you know, why, why didn't you sh- flip it? Or why didn't you, sh- you know, half throw it or whatever it is? It, that it tells me that we know it's important, but we're not valuing it enough or emphasizing it enough in what we're doing to practice. To take that time. No, I think that's a great point. And if you think about it, if we're doing all of our line throws, um, if everybody's doing a backhand, we've got eight of them taken care of all at once. Uh, you know, if it's on the field and we're, we're fielding a ball and doing a backhand, one person's getting to do it right. one time. But to your point, Tori, if it's, a, if it's part of our routine, once they've learned the routine, um, we cut them loose and let them do their thing. And then it becomes easy. And they've all gotten hundreds of reps over the course of a couple months rather than just that single rep right. in, in a ground ball scenario. Right. And, and part of it is for us as coaches, we have to gain confidence in our players' ability to kind of be responsible for themselves in some places. One of the traps that I think a lot of coaches fall into is we have this mindset of, if I don't see absolutely everything, if I'm not involved in absolutely <laughs> everything that micromanaging happens, micromanaging going yeah, on there. Some, something could go wrong. And yeah. so to your point, if I don't toss you a short hop, that somehow don't do it specifically as your coach and watch you do it, that somehow that means it's not a useful practice opportunity. Sure. To my way of thinking is, is, as you said, if we've got you know, 12 kids on the team, so we've got two lines of six sets of partners, and the entire time you know, they're tossing each other short hops, they're tossing each other backhands, they're working on the flips together, they're working on the throws together, that we're much six, more efficient. Six we're, times. Yeah, we're getting yeah. a lot more work done. And it's also kind of instilling in the players a little bit of a sense of ownership and a sense of responsibility. So instead of them feeling like they have to do it just because they have to do it, they start to see it as a chance to you know, kind of add their own little flair to it, their own yeah. little signature to it. What I've noticed with the uh, throwing program is as kids get more comfortable doing it, they will add stuff on their own. I mean, I, you know, not too long ago, all of a sudden I looked up and, and had kids working on throwing on the run, and I hadn't even introduced it yet. Right. Because one of them saw Sis Bates make a play on TV and she showed up, and when they got done... Off-stride throw. Yeah, yeah. When, when they got to the point of really finishing up the workout for the day, one of them said, hey, did you see this? And she tried to demonstrate it and did the best she could, and it probably wasn't quite right, but one of the other girls said, well, yeah, I saw that too, 
But I think she did this. And before I knew it, they were sorting it out and teaching each other how to do something because they saw Sis Bates do it on on a TV game on ESPN and thought it was a cool thing. And because of the way things were set up, they had that opportunity. They didn't have to come to me and say, hey, coach, can you teach me how to do this? You know, they just built it in, into the daily throwing program, and so I had to add another, eventually add another 30 seconds or minute, minute to the to time that it took because now that's one more throw that they practice every time we practice. And, Tori, think about it this way, too, and as you're saying that, I'm, I'm seeing kids working on their own and they're going to the ballpark on their own. It's not even in a team setting, but if they get really groomed into making that just how we start our workouts or how we start our day, now they're doing all these things on their own, too, because right. they know how to. Yeah, and, and it just adds that opportunity because there's no risk involved. If they decide to work on something like throwing on the run or whatever it might be that seems like a higher-level skill, if the first time they try busting it out is at practice when everybody's watching them do it, they're going to be scared to death and they're going to have very little confidence in it. If it's an ongoing thing that's happening while they're just doing their normal warm-up, there's no fear involved. There's no threat involved. They're just doing it. And if somebody throws the ball away, they go pick it up. They, they try it again. Because one of the things that I've always thought for our game that is one of the missing ingredients, when we were kids, because we didn't have so much structured team activity, because we'd you know just be a couple of dumb kids in the neighborhood trying to figure out how to play something that felt like baseball. A little you know, more creative. Right. We, we, we had to be creative. We've, you know, we, we could play baseball in the alley. Well, the alley was about... 15, 20 feet wide, and we played baseball. We all learned how to hit the ball right back up the middle. The fences were live. Yeah, yeah, and because if you hit it into one of the neighbor's yards, you might not get the ball back. That one. Yeah, and, and for sure a couple. You know, that, that scene from, <laughs> uh, uh, from the, the movie with the big giant dog that, you know, that eats the Babe Ruth ball, you know, Sandlot. You know, so we had those kinds of neighbors, and if we wanted to keep playing, you know, we figured out how to hit the ball right back up the middle, no matter where it was pitched. Whatever you do, you don't yeah. pull it. <laughs> yeah. When when we would play wiffle ball, you know, we would play knockout wiffle ball, which the only way you could get somebody out was to hit them with the ball. Well, when you're playing knockout wiffle ball, you try to you know figure out how to throw the ball as quickly as you can, or how to hit somebody with it. You don't necessarily get to get your feet just right or your body just right. Get it you know, in you're, the air. You're throwing submarine. Yeah. You're throwing backhand. You're throwing you know jump throws. You're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. All your stuff, shovel passes, right? And everything, because yeah. it's the only way you can win that game of wiffle ball. Yeah. Well, you know, so for our kids now, because they don't do enough of that stuff, we need to incorporate ways for them to get some of those experiences in practice, and then that builds in their confidence. So that if they're working on it, if they're in their throwing program, they're working on tosses. And we say, okay, keep moving closer together until you can't toss it to each other effectively. All of a sudden they start to look and say, wait a second, I'm only three feet away from her. I can't really toss that to her and, and have her catch it. So now when I'm out on the field and I'm three feet away from second base and the ball's in my hands, I'm not looking to toss it to somebody because I've already experienced the fact I can't toss it three feet and make that work very well. Right. I'm just going to step on the bag and make the throw. There you go. I think there's a lot to be gained about that, understanding where you're at, understanding the right tool for the situation, and having enough tools in the toolbox that you can do the right thing. Because we've all seen the kids play that will be five feet away from somebody, 10 feet away from somebody, and the only thing they know how to do is throw the ball 100%, 100% of the time. And you've got somebody throwing a missile from 10 or 15 feet away, and the person that's supposed to try to catch it is more in defense Buckling. mode trying to run away yeah. from it. It's like, you know, they have this terrified look on their face because they know it's probably going to hurt. 
and you surely aren't going to catch the ball. So the other, I like that for sure. And it's just instinctive. But, um, you know, I've often, too, seen an infielder make just an amazing effort and an amazing play on a ball laying out. And the only throw that's available is a quick backhand or, or some type of toss. And we've never done it. Right. And since we've never done it, then the ending of this great play is just some silly looking push at the ball. And, and you can obviously tell that they haven't done that at all. Right. Or it kind of spoils that great moment. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll see a second baseman make a great stop out behind the bag. And she's not aware of the fact that she can backhand flip or, or whatever it is to get the ball over to the first baseman. And all of a sudden they're trying to stand up and shuffle their feet and get their body turned. And by the time they get done doing all that stuff, the girl that they might have had a chance to get out with a flip is shaking hands with the first base coach and really yep. happy about that infield hit that they got. Yeah, and so it's just disappointing. Uh, yeah, and so you know, to your point about uh, you know, if we want to be great, we got to have all the tools in the toolbox. If we want the payoff of that amazing effort, we got to yeah. know what to do with it when we get there. So, coaches, we got to make sure that we're incorporating all this stuff into practice. We got to continue to help our players see what uh, they're capable of doing and what the space and the constraints and the and the time that they have to do it and how that changes and can limit the the plays that they should be making. So Don, anything else for 92? No, just looking forward to another great week, Tori. All right, everybody, check out our uh, sponsor, Anderson Bat Company. Check out patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Please contact us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. If you have any questions, suggestions, or ideas, uh, we would certainly love to hear from you because we love talking about stuff that you're interested in. So for Coach Don and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio. Thanks for listening to number 92, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>